Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. that are calling you and asking you for advice and for prayer, those are the people on your team. Um, And the person that you counseled at the altar. You know, altar ministry is huge. And we get to have one of the most sensitive, most intimate moments shared with people at the altar. You know, do you remember when you first went to the altar? Or there was a time in your life where you needed supernatural healing and you were absolutely broken and you ended up at the altar and somebody came and prayed with you? That's an intimate moment. And so it's not just by happenstance that you're the one that ended up praying with the person. You know, that's why we want you to take the yellow form home. So we want you to call them and follow up with them. And then when you see them in church, you say hi because you just share an intimate moment with them. And most of the time it ends up being a God connection and they end up being on your team. You know, we had this girl in New Orleans, she, and she's visited here, but um, she came to Beyond the Grave, and um, she got supernaturally born again, bawling, and the leader was like, what do I do with this girl? Pastor Heather, come. I mean, they were like, she really got born again, again, like born again, 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 and so I went to the altar, you know, to meet this girl, and she's just a mess, and, but she was like this hungry little child of, tell me what to do. Just, just tell me what to do. And so me, I'm just like, um, we got a prayer meeting tomorrow. You want to come? So she comes, and I'm, I didn't think. I just knew this, this girl, like, really needs affection. So she comes the very next day, and we're all shaba shaban, you know, and she's like, what's that? Next thing you know, she's praying in the Holy Ghost. But she ended up being one of our biggest players. Like, all we did was minister to her at the altar call, and then we included her in our team right? They're broken. We shared intimate moments with them in the Lord, and we invite them to be a part of us. So this is your team. You know, we don't walk around and go, hmm, they're a spiritual superhero. They've been around the longest. I like the way they dress. She's got good giftings. We don't walk around the church and handpick who we want on our team. God plants us in a church. God plants us in a group. He plants us right where, right up with the people that he has for us to build our team. So these are the people that God's placed in our life, and it's our team. Now, what you choose to do with them is up to you. You know, I could have said, God, why do you have this girl follow me around? You know who would have been out? Me, not Jenna, me. Because it's been one of the greatest opportunities of my life to disciple the girl. Precious moments. Same thing with the girl with the phone call. So are we following? Build our team. Now, how do we build it? T is for training. So have anybody, have you, any of you ever been a runner before? Or thought about running like, say, 5K? Now, if you wake up tomorrow morning and say, you know what? I'm going to go run a 5K with Joanna for Mother's Day. If you've not run a day in your life, it's not happening. You've got to purpose it out. Yeah. He's at a 5K with me the day before Thanksgiving. Isn't he so nice to me? So, um, so you've got to train. 
On average, you got to train about three months prior to your first one if you're going to actually make it happen. Same thing with discipleship. You're not going to just wake up and say, oh, wow, she's born again. She's got great people skills. She's a leader in the business world. Great, here we go. Here's your group. No, we've got to begin training people because, you see, this whole room might be leaders, but it's not enough leaders to conquer that city. It's not enough leaders to disciple 500 or 1,000 people filling this building. We need to multiply ourselves so we have to purposely live training other people around us. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples, everybody say disciples, of all nations, baptizing them in the, whole, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. So how do we disciple people? How do we train people up? You want to go find and make disciples, teaching them everything that you've learned. How do you do that? Day-to-day life. 99% of my discipleship with people was not show up with your Bible, a pen, and a notebook, sit down and listen to me teach you. Jesus didn't do that. What did Jesus do? He lived with them, and he taught them day by day. How did um, the apostle Paul disciple? He took people on his, on his ministry journeys with him and discipled them through life. So train them up. Teach them all that you've been taught. How do you do it? You get all the girls together. Where's Megan? And you go to the gym. Seriously, you go for the walk. You take them with you to go plan the Easter egg outreach. You have them come sit around your table as you stuff Easter eggs at your care group. And you just begin to, in everyday life, teach them all that you've been taught. Don't try to be bigger than your britches, bigger than what you've experienced, bigger than what you know. They'll see right through it. Just tell them I don't know. But you know what? I'm willing to find out with you. So we teach them all that we've been commanded. 2 Timothy 2.2, And what you had heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. We're looking. We're purposefully looking for these people. Purposefully. In every care group, you're looking for them. Now, do I go up to them and say, Hey, Pat, you've been real faithful, so I'm going to... No. But she's in my care group. Hey, you know what? I think God spoke to me. I want to leave my own care group. Praise be unto the Lord. How are you going to make that happen? Let's go. And you just start encouraging. See what I'm saying? I don't sit there, Kathy, I'm going to disciple you now. Do I disciple her? Yeah. Do we meet? Yeah. But most of the time, we just talk. We just talk. We pray. But I'm looking for faithful women that I can then take everything in me and equip her, disciple her, train her, invest in her, that she can go find someone else to do it. Does that make any sense? And it's not just the work of the pastor. It's the work of every single leader. Discipleship means not only to learn, but to become attached to one's teacher and to become his follower in doctrine and in conduct. You know, one of the greatest compliments I've ever had was, um, I forget who it was. Oh, it was in um, one of our internships at MIT's. I don't know if Zach was, I don't think Zach was in that group. And um, I was already on staff. I was um, the Bailey's executive assistant. I was the office manager, and I was the intern pastor. But I still had to go through internship for all of our interns. 
And part of that internship is we had to write sermons and preach them in front of our interns and then immediately after be critiqued and questioned and that kind of stuff. So, of course, they picked me to go first. Praise the Lord. And one of the greatest compliments I had was that I preach exactly like Pastor Frank, but I have the personality of Pastor Paris. Because you see, I was their disciple. I'm still their disciple. But I had the opportunity of typing up every outline for every sermon he ever preached up to that point. And then I got the opportunity to write the small group for the entire church off of that sermon. So I would type up the notes for him, give it to him, listen to him preach, take notes on it. The next day, go study all that he just preached and taught and write a care group on it, and then got to go and teach my own care group on it. So all of a sudden, his preaching and his teaching style began to get invested in me. And then I was in meetings with Pastor Paris how many hours a day? All day long. So the way she interacted with people, and I already have a vibrant personality, it just kept coming out more and more and more. How many of you, whenever they came here, you're like, oh my gosh, I know why, you have, why you're the way you are now. But that's exactly what, when you just begin to be, be discipled by someone, hear me out. Because the people are like, so-and-so is discipling me. And I'm like, do you realize what kind of attitude they have? I'm looking at their whole being. I'm looking at how, not only how they pastor, how they're being a Christian, how they're a wife, how they're a mother, how they're in the community, how they are with friends. I'm watching every area of their life because I'm following their doctrine as much as their character. You get what I'm saying? And so, as, so saying that, as you're discipling people, watch yourself. They become all of a sudden sharpening you because you realize, I don't like that side of me. And I'd be mortified if they took on that trait. So with that in mind, who are you discipling? Think about it. Who has God placed in your life that you're pouring into at this point in time. And if there's no one that you know you're discipling, who is God putting on your heart right now that you're supposed to start reaching out to? That you're supposed to purposely begin to invest who you are into them. Because you see, everyone is to go, out, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So everyone should have a name or two or three written down. And then my next question for you is, who is discipling you? Because you see, what you don't realize, and, and some of you would be like, I don't know. And Zach and I would be like hitting you over the head very nicely. <laughs> because we're purposely pouring into several of you that you may not even realize that's what we're doing. But hey, you have to also want to follow so, who is discipling you? Y'all doing okay? E is for edify. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace your hearts to the Lord. It is so important within your sphere of influence that you edify, that you build one another up, that it's not a, oh my goodness, let me tell you what happened at work today. Let me tell you what happened on the road with road rage. Let me tell you what my mama did. Let me tell you what my husband did. 
that just all gets so draining. Our relationship has to be for the purpose for edification. We need to have let the word of God dwell in you. Are you in your Bible? I can't even look at people when I ask that anymore. Are you in your Bible? Let the word of God dwell in you and let it be bubbling out of you. Why can't I look at people? Because I'm finding out more and more people don't read their Bible. Let the word of God dwell in you richly and let psalms and hymns and spiritual songs come out. It should be um, the norm to be sharing God testimonies, to be sharing how Jesus showed up in the conversation. You know, there's a... um, We've got several interns meeting with people and making calls and doing all sorts of stuff for us. And I was talking to one this week, and, you know, they were meeting with someone that lives a very natural-minded lifestyle with some serious issues. So we were talking about it. So after a while, I was just like, okay, so how about Jesus in their life? You know, because the other stuff we have to cover. How many of you know that? We have to cover. But, like, just tell me about some Jesus. Give me some Jesus. And so you've got to, we all have to learn how to edify and begin to build that into conversations. Because you know how when you're listening to someone, all of a sudden you realize, like, it's been 20 minutes and, and I am slowly falling asleep? How then do you then begin to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs? You know, I, I may be obnoxious, but I think it's a gift from the Lord. I will just grab them and say, like, you know what? I just, I believe, I only believe, we're just going to believe this situation and just start taking control. Like Pastor was talking Sunday night, take authority over your house. Take authority over that meeting. Take authority over that hangout session because it should be filled with edification. We want people to walk away from us saying, man, they're in love with Jesus. Man, it's not just a Sunday morning thing, but they live this thing out. You know, I've had some people say, the first time we ever had lunch together, I couldn't believe you made us bless the food in the restaurant. So many people have told me that. But now I pray in restaurants all the time. Now I have no problem stopping in a restaurant, grabbing someone's hand and saying, you know what, let's pray about that. That's what you want to do, edifying one another. Amen? Amen. So communication is key in teamwork. What do you and I need to communicate? We really need to communicate the value of the leaders, the value of those people on our team. You know, it doesn't matter if um, they bring water to your care group every week. They need to know that you appreciate them bringing that water to your group. We want to communicate the vision for our group. You know, every time I start a new group or every time we change Bible study lessons or you know, whatever happens, they get to hear the vision of why we're doing what we're doing. How many times, even in staff meeting, Mandy, do I say, okay, let's, the reason we're doing this is everyone understand, because I don't ever want the staff to just think, okay, Prosser spoke, now we do. No, there's vision, there's purpose, there's something behind it. So the more that we communicate, the more that other people can take ownership and want to be a part. Why is Pat doing a care group out in Timbuktu at the library? Because she wants, I think Uniontown, right? Timbuktu, Uniontown. (laughs) 
Why is she doing it? Because she's got a heart for the seniors. She's got a heart for the people that can't get out here. So she And she doesn't want it to be intimidating. She wants it to be in a safe place. So the apartment complex, it didn't work out for her. So now she's going to do it at the library. It's going to be during lunchtime because she wants the seniors to know that they're important and they're valued. And she's going to go to them and meet them right where they are. Well, they kind of need to know that. They need to understand why she's doing what she's doing because there's people out there that they know that feel like nobody cares. And if they find out that this woman is coming all the way out there just because she knows they feel broken, how many of you think that people are going to invite their friends? And we're going to have people attending that group that don't even come to this church. They might not even go to another church at all, all because vision for the group was shared. And we want to share victories within the group. You know, my women's group is hilarious. We meet for an hour and a half every week. And the first half hour, it's guaranteed we're just talking. But it's not small talk, it's edifying talk. And we're gonna, we, sh we cry and we share the issues in lives and what's going on and we pray over stuff. But then there's the weeks, man, where people come in and say, remember what we prayed for? Let me tell you what God did. And so we give time to begin to share those victories and share really what God's doing and, and, and how God is moving and using people. So it's important not to just go and do routine, but communicate. Communicate their value, communicate vision, and communicate victories. We also, when we're dealing with our teams, we want to activate them. You know, why do I do care groups and why am I doing growing in God's word? The whole purpose for growing in God's word on Sunday morning is so newer people to the church can come and I can just get around them and get to know their, their gifts and who they are and their personalities so I can help activate them, period. That's the whole purpose because I just need to get around people because once, you, once I do, I can see their gift and then equip them, activate them in those giftings. So 1 Corinthians 14, 26 says, What then, brothers? When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. And so when we look at our groups, like let's look at Leanne's group, because i got to pick on everybody different. Leanne's got nitwits, and she's got all sorts of different leaders and different people in her group. And and. Greta leads it, Leanne hosts it, and Vicki teaches it. So you got three strong leaders. Can we say amen? amen? And then you got all these other dynamic women that come. Well, if it was all about Greta, or if it was all about Leanne, or if it was all about Vicki, then nobody else would get to do anything. But what has made their group successful is that everybody in their group gets to have value. And everybody that starts coming gets to have some kind of part or role to play that they don't just say, nope, it's mine. I do this. Don't touch it. But we begin to realize that Leah's got a gift. Paulette's got a gift. And activate the gifts within other people. To activate them is to empower them. You know, when Zach and I first came, people, I don't know what people really thought of us. I don't really want to know, I don't think. And I don't know what y'all are used to. But I think we shocked people because we came here and it wasn't all about us. We became quickly empowering other people in their ministries. Nope, you're running this. All right, we're going to help you 
and give you all the tools necessary and empower you to be very successful. And I'm not going to take the glory because it's not about me. It's really all about him. But I'm going to let that light shine on you. That's a good leader. So we want to activate by empowering those um, in our sphere of influence. How do I empower my team? Personal relationships. We've got to get to know people. If people only come to our care groups, only come to our Sunday school classes, and there's no other relationship, how are we really going to get to know them? How are we really going to build relationships? You know, my precious women's group that I used to worry about, because we'd have like 12 people, and then I'd have two, and then I'd have one, and then I'd have like 12 people, and then I'd have like one. And I'm like, okay, people might not like me. They don't get anything out of it. Well, now I've got like 10 people every week solid people, and it rotates only by people in their work schedule. And the crazy awesome thing about it is that now I've gone out to lunch with everybody in the group. Um, they're all going out to lunch with each other, and we've got this Facebook inbox message that you guarantee once a day or every other day someone's messaging. And it's precious seeing all of a sudden those relationships getting built and all of a sudden people having a platform to minister to other people's lives. Oh, I can do, I may not be able to teach. I may not be able to sing, but I can do that. Does that make any sense? So we want to build personal relationships. You also want to set clear goals. You know, Paula is one of my interns this, this year, and um, one of her first things was like, what do you expect of me? I work full time. You know? <laughs> And trust me, everybody said, everybody, Kathy said something very similar last year. I'm not in the same situation as Jen. And um, I said, that's cool. I don't have, we don't have the same goal for every intern. Let's talk about our goals together. What do you want to get out of this? What's your purpose in it? You know, some people, you know, we might be looking at them like, oh, my gosh, they're going to be the next leader. And the reality of it is they're broken on the inside, and they just want to sit and receive for a year and be able to build relationships because what you didn't realize is before six weeks ago, they couldn't even talk to someone in church without crying. Huge. So you want to set goals with people. You want to figure out what's your purpose in group. Where are we going from here? Give them the tools that they need. You know, it'd be really easy for us to say, Mandy, have fun with Night of Hope. Peace out. She'd have a hard time making it very successful without all the help and the assistance that she gets weekly to make it happen. So we equip her and give her the tools that she needs to be successful. Follow up with them. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Jaldine, thanks for making those phone calls. Everything's going okay? Having any problems with it? And positive reinforcement. You know, Jen's precious, Jen's, her big thing for the year, I know, don't y'all love when I'm up here, is she's learning communication and, um, and how to communicate. How many of you know when you're learning communication, the hardest thing to do is communicate your feelings and your needs? And so I'm so proud of her because a couple of weeks ago she was able to say, hey, I'm a, um, what's your, the word thing? What's the love language with words? Affirmation. I'm an affirmations girl. And so Pastor Zach, blah, 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 the other day said, and I thought, whoo, I'm doing it right. And it was precious in that moment because she was able to say, that's how I function. 
I just need to know. You don't have to sit there and say all day long, oh, my God, you're so wonderful. You're so lovely. You did such a great job. But she just has to hear continually throughout the week, throughout the month, because we communicate a lot with her. You're doing a great job. Hey, appreciate that. Hey, I noticed you did blah, blah, blah. Thank you. Positive affirmation is everything. Hey, Kathy, great job when you shared your testimony. Hey, Jeldine, great job when you, hey, you know, I really appreciated you stepping in for nursery last weekend. Little things go a long way in building your team. Are y'all following? You should be having people and situations go through your mind that you've been through or things that are happening now with other people that you're like, oh, that's what I need to do. And then M is for ministry. We're about to wrap up. It says Ephesians 4.11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That's why we want to build great teams. Because at the end of the day, everybody in here is only as successful in the kingdom of God as our weakest link. Because we're all connected. Every joint, one to another. And our whole purpose, being together, we want to house the glory of God. And we want to build the kingdom of God. We want to be able to equip every person to do ministry. It's not just about the pastoral team. It's not just about the staff or the board or whatever. It's about everybody doing the work of the ministry. It's about the Christinas of the world telling everyone on Facebook everything God's happening in her life. Right? Why? Because it's building the kingdom of God. It's sowing seeds. So at the end of the day, Christina is going to be a mouthpiece for those around her. So now we've got a job to do as a body of Christ coming around her, linking arm in arm with her, building her up, equipping her, giving her the tools that she needs, sending her in the right direction. Why? For ministry. Every single one in here is a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not going to look like Mike. It's not going to look like me. It's not going to look like Pastor Grace. It's going to look like you. And it's going to look like Jesus. And so we want to build a team, a dream team, celebrations dream team, looking around for those that we can pour into. So ministry is allowing the others the opportunity to minister. So really quick, I know we have to stop. I know. It's Brandon is one of our interns. I like using people in teachings like this because it's easier to connect with your own life. So the interns are supposed to preach the gospel for a night of hope, right? So we're in the fellowship hall, and they're going to preach. We haven't done a lot of outreaches like this, and most of them have never done it before. So we're like, okay, Heather's Miss Evangelism Queen. I live on the streets, used to live on the streets, doing outreach all the time. I'm going to go help them out. 
So some of the interns are a little nervous about doing it. Brandon's like, yeah, I'm ready to go preach, man. I'm ready to preach. I want to see souls saved. So we get down there, and so I'm like, do you know what you're going to do? Have you done this before? So I'm, I just walk him through it, and he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, not that exaggerated. This is my interpretation. <laughs> but it's about what you felt like inside. Okay. So he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm supposed to start it off. Like, this guy is ready to go. He's got a great personality. He's got energy. He's well-spoken. Here you go, dude. <laughs> so I leave my, I'm an area leader. I leave my section, come down to do it. But it's not about me. There was an opportunity of 10, 15 minutes that he gets to let the gift of God bubble up out of him. Five people got born again. Isn't that awesome? Woo! All because somebody else got the opportunity to minister. So it's not about me. You know, Pastor Grace is precious with it. You know, we always say, you know, you take, get a ministry open-handed because you give it open-handed. And we're like, hey, Pastor Joseph wants to pastor, and so we're just going to give him young adults. She's like, okay. She used to be the young adult pastor. And then we're like, hey, you're going out on maternity leave. So Jen's just going to keep sat Wednesday nights. How does that sound? She's like, okay. <laughs> you know, and is it a little bit of death every time? Yeah. But she sees value in giving somebody else the opportunity to minister because it's not about her. Because you see, it's not about her losing. When you give somebody else the opportunity to minister, God, equip God is opening another door and equipping you for another level of ministry in your own life. So you're really not losing out. You're just going up a level. And then, what do I do after I do all of that? Do it all over again. It's, yep, repeat. Here we go. Nonstop, over and over and over. I want to spend my life investing in people. So you know what I do when I get mad, when I get tired of church people? One, I go, I go to the jail and just find me somebody broken. But really, I go to the altar. I go to the altar and I find the, new, the newbie, the newly born again. I'll go and find the person that, that walked in late and is standing in the back hoping that no one notices them. And then I become their BFF and do it all over again. Because I find the joy of the Lord in that. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.